0: Shock Monkey Radio is entertainment for adults, by adults, and the views and opinions expressed here do not reflect upon the sponsors or FXBG Public Radio. For additional information, please refer to the United States Bill of Rights. Stand warned. Hello and welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. We start a little bit early today. EK's having a bad day, and so uh, he wasn't even paying attention to what time it is. I'm sitting here you know, uh, scrolling through Tinder, and he's like, uh, he's like what are you doing, a, doing a test run? And he's like, "No, no, we're going live." And I, like, dude, dude, it's one thirty. Anyway, so we're starting early today. All right, we're starting early today. That's all there is to it. So you got to suck it up. So uh, I'm sorry if you're on the road right now. You know, just it, it'll stay up there on YouTube. So go ahead and you know just put it off till later. I don't want you distracted driving. Anyway so yeah i want to remind you that i have a patreon go to patreon.com shock monkey radio there you can become a patron i'd appreciate it uh you can also send me money through the cash app use the cash tag shock radio all one word you know when i first made uh patreon the patreon uh it was three dollars a month it's still three dollars a month it was three dollars a month and that was that was uh like almost two two gallons of gas back then now be, being a patron is like half a gallon of gas so in many ways the prices now for my Patreon are cheaper than they've ever been. So now's the time to act. It's not like I'm asking for Bitcoin. You know what I'm saying? If the government has its way and Bitcoin's going to be gone as well. I got all my stuff out of place here. All right. I'm ready. All right. So yeah, get in on the patreon.com slash shock I would appreciate it. Thank you. You know, uh, I want to talk a little bit about what's going on. Because I'm sure you've all noticed the prices. I'm sure you've all noticed the prices climbing up and up and up. And I feel like a lot of people don't understand a whole lot about this kind of stuff. And I I, I feel like a need to tell people because you, you, it seems like so many people are idiots about this. And you know I'm not even an expert. You know I'm not. It's not like I worked for Barisma. You know it's not like I sat on the board of Barisma. You know it's not like I worked for Enron energy trading companies. By the way energy trading and energy trading is trading mostly mostly oil mostly gasoline and as you know the prices of at the pump have gone way up have gone way up over the last year you know don't let, don't let them tell you it's just because of the of the uh, ukraine thing no no the problem is is that you know there's like uh, i don't know let's say there's a dozen taps spigots you know like you have a tap in your bathroom in the sink Think of that as like an oil pipeline. You got a dozen taps like that in the world, probably more, you know, but the biggest, you know, the biggest ones are like, uh, are. It's, it's like the governments of the world have shut off every single one except the one coming out of Russia. All right. And that's the problem. Additionally, we had this whole thing with Greta Thunberg and stuff like that and the Green New Deal. Coming through in uh, in Western countries, and they're saying, "Oh, we can't. We got to move away from fossil fuels. You know, we got to you know, got to switch to solar and wind and, and all this other like green energies." And I'm all for that. I'm all for green energy. But the simple fact of the matter is is that the technology is simply not there yet for us all to convert to green energy. All right. That's why you got Pete Buttigieg out there just telling everybody to go buy a new brand new Tesla. And it was like, oh, you get a tax credit. And it was like, yeah, but I don't have 40 I don't have $50,000. Exactly. I have a $3,000 car, you know, and I'm forced to, you know, it's not like I can charge it anywhere. I got I to gotta get fat fossil fuels. And that's all there is to it. You know, it has to be, it has to slowly, we have to slowly convert to green energy. And green energy, like people want to say like windmills and stuff like that are good for energy. No, they're not. Sometimes the wind doesn't blow. Sometimes the sun doesn't shine. If you've been outside today in the Fredericksburg area, you know solar, your solar panels aren't collecting anything today. All right? So we need better alternatives. And, yes, that means electrical. And, yes, that means nuclear, Europe, United States. Nuclear energy is the cleanest energy that we have. You know, And you want to sit there and you want to whine about things like Three Mile Island, like Chernobyl, or the Fukushima. You know, you're talking about three instances, three instances in the thousands of nuclear power plants that there are in the world. All right. It is the safest, cleanest energy, but because it says it's nuclear and everyone thinks it's like, oh, there's going to be a big explosion. We're all going to die. No, no. And the idea that you're going to, you know, some Swedish girls yelling at you and you got to swear off fossil fuels for good right now. It's insane. That's insane. You know, at the. You know, if we opened up our pipelines here in the United States, if we continued fracking again, you'll be looking at $1.50 a gallon again, like we had under Trump. <laughs> That's why these prices are going sky, sky high. You know, it's all simple economics. I didn't even go to college. All right. I took I, like uh, two semesters and, and dropped out in the second one of a community college, a Germanic community college. And I understand this. You know, it doesn't – war doesn't necessarily make the price go up at the pump for everybody like the way that the supply and demand is. The demand has remained the same, but the Biden administration has cut off oil pipelines and stopped fracking and all this other stuff that has been going on. I guess it wasn't Biden who stopped the fracking. I think there was – that was during Trump they started doing that. And so – yeah, I mean, there's other issues with fracking, okay? But the point is, is that we can we have pipelines that we could use, and that way we could start exporting oil instead of importing oil, all right? I know you want it, we want the world to be green, and I, I want that too. But the simple fact of the matter is, is that there's far too many of us using fossil fuels, and we got to use fossil fuels until we get to a point where a Tesla is cheap enough for everyone to own, everyone in the world to own. And that's a good thing, because that's a, eventually it's going to get to that point. Eventually it's going to get to that point. But trying to force Americans into a swearing off fossil fuels right now is insane, and it only makes those politicians richer, all right? Because all those people, all those people in Washington, they have their money in energy trading companies like Enron and Burisma, all right? Do you remember that whole thing with Hunter Biden being on the board of a Ukraine country? ukraine company i mean And now everyone's like oh we want to have a war with russia and anytime the democrats want to have a war i get really concerned i get really freaked out all right and all you people out there posting like uh uh, ukrainian flags you know when was the last time you posted an american flag to hell with you you're more patriotic to some other country than you are to our country and it just, it, 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 obsessed me to no end that people don't understand this. I have a basic understanding of this. And even, you know, even when it comes to news and current events and stuff like that, I always thought I had a very basic understanding, but people today are so frigging stupid about this stuff. Now I feel like an expert on everything and I'm not, I'm not, I'm just a madman shouting into the internet ether. So I don't know why you can't figure this out. The green tech isn't there yet. You want to think that AOC's Green New Deal is something feasible? You're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. And why should I be surprised? You know, most most of these scientists these days can't even agree on what is male and what is female. All right. Okay. Let's try to. I'm trying to try to brighten up your day. We talked about nuclear, uh, nuclear war, nuclear explosion, and nuclear power plant. So I wanted to talk a little bit about like nuclear war, thermonuclear war, because you know. It, Regardless of how we get there, it could happen. The missiles could be in the air as we speak. And the best advice I can give you is duck and cover, because nothing you do will matter. So let's talk about, like, the the like ground zero. Let's talk about the different effects that may happen. So in ground zero area, and say, like, uh, since we're in Fredericksburg, let's say that's like uh, uh, D.C., the D.C. metro area, like Alexandria and maybe up to Baltimore and stuff like that. That's ground zero, and boom. That's Those are the lucky ones. All those Democrats get to be the lucky ones. Those people who voted in all this liberal nonsense, they're the lucky ones who get vaporized instantly or melted. Yeah, melted against the wall. All right. And they're the lucky ones. Okay. You move further out. You move further out. You get, like, uh, closer to, like, I guess what, Doswell? Okay. Doswell. Then you get into the high radiation area. All right. And that's when you get a severe dose of radiation. From the radioactive fallout, and uh, you die within a couple of days with your skin and hair falling off and you know, pissing yeah, pissing blood. It's awful, but it only lasts a couple of days at that point, and then you move further out and you get maybe to like the Fredericksburg area, and then you get to mildly radioactive. All right, and that's where you suffer maybe six months to a year with your hair falling out, you know. It's not as severe, but you know, it's still quite painful way to die with radioactive fallout. And beyond that, if you're far enough out. Away from like major cities or major strategic uh, strike uh, stri- uh, strike points, uh, you can uh, you could probably survive. All right, and y- you got it the worst, especially if you're like underground in a cave, like rock. Rock prevents <laughs> blocks uh, radiation like you wouldn't believe. It's amazing, it's amazing in that in that regard. But if you hide out in a cave out there, in like uh, uh, the Luray Caverns or something like that, you could survive. You know, the missiles start flying. You used to go, go run into the Loray Caverns. You might be okay. You know, uh, granted, you're going to live in a world where, you know, you're fighting your neighbors for supplies and food and stuff like that. It becomes like a, uh, The Walking Dead, you know, <laughs> or The Book of Eli. You know, it just becomes a real nightmare for you. And then you're like, it's like, man, I wish I won a country boy. I wish I was a city boy because I just would have been vaporized for the first couple instances. <laughs> Wouldn't have to worry about all this. Anyway, so the question is, the real question is, is like, how do you want to go out? You know, make sure you take your N95 mask. That'll help. That'll help with the radioactive fallout. All right. um, So I saw the Batman this past week. And I'm going to spoil the hell out of this film. So stand warned. And I am currently, right now, giving you a couple seconds to go ahead and skip ahead. I had high hopes that a new cast and a new story might breathe life once again into the Batman films. Now, I'm of the opinion that the only good Batman films are Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. The rest are all crap, and that opinion has not changed. I knew the cast had been set for a while, and so it's kind of late for me to complain about the blackwashing of the cast. You know, I don't care if you change the race of a canon character as long as it makes sense to cast that role. Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury is okay with me because Samuel L. Jackson has the bravado that Nick Fury's character needs, right? But but then again, how many black guys do you know named Nick? You know, I don't care about Catwoman because it's been done before the, you know, race flipping with, with Catwoman. But, you know, plus I don't really care about Catwoman at all because she's a criminal and Batman should have trussed her up with a ball of yarn and delivered her straight to Blackgate. No, but no. Instead, we get uncomfortable and forced flirt sessions with the batcat That's my celeb couple name for them. We get those forced flirt flirt sessions with them. And then we got Jim Gordon. All right, now we got Jim Gordon. All right, and when he first popped up, popped up on the screen, I was like, what's Neil deGrasse Tyson doing in this movie? Then I figured that was probably a racist thing to think. But Gordon's character was boring and passive and apparently only existed to let Batman onto active crime scenes and to use the Lord's name in vain. Gordon was a beta, and I care more about that change to his character than just casting a black guy with an awesome mustache. I mean, especially if you're obviously trying to make this film into a detective movie, which you tried. God knows someone in the writer's room tried to make this a detective movie, all right? But you need... For a detective movie, you need Gordon and Batman should be playing off each other, looking for clues. Like that one scene where it's like you're gonna collect, you're gonna take ballistics from a shattered bullet. No fingerprints. You know that's that's brilliant, tight writing. But no, instead Gordon was more like the Jim Gordon from the 1960s TV show, where he's simply Gotham Police Department's Batman liaison. The movie put Jim Gordon in the corner, and nobody puts Gordon in the corner. The movie movie had me thinking it might actually be good for about 45 minutes, but then Batman came upon a guy with a suicide vest thing and got close to him, and then he got closer as the guy starts panicking, then boom, and not a scratch on Batman and just dead victim all over him, and that's, that's where I was like, okay, this is over. This film is over, and the film went on for two more hours. Batman wouldn't do that. He wouldn't get that close to an explosive. He's a detective, remember? Let's talk about the Riddler. All right, can we talk about the Riddle? I want to talk about the Riddler. Barney, get him a cigarette. I want to talk about the Riddler. All right, you want to turn the Riddler into a psycho Zodiac killer guy? I get that, I really do. And that's a good way to play his character. But he looks like a hazmat cleaner. And fans who like Red Room Darknet stuff are not into it, are into it only for the morbid curiosity, not because they are anxious to commit copycat crimes. <clears throat> it's silly to think that fans would come out armed to join in on the murder. Then, you finally unmasked the Riddler, and I think the judge might sentence him to a spanking and going to bed without dinner. I almost said the following out loud w- during the movie when he was unmasked. Someone should have drank your milkshake a long time ago. But I didn't think the joke would land. Plus, there's this hour-long misdirect with Carmine Falcone and John Tatura, who are both in this movie, Martha Wayne is crazy, Thomas Wayne might have been dirty, he's your dad. All of it was a pointless misdirect in the second hour of the film. Someone told me this is all canon Earth-1 Batman books, and all I have to say is that shitty Batman books make for shitty Batman movies. So Zoe Kravitz plays Catwoman, and she's hot, all right? but she's petite. all right. She's really tiny. So tiny she makes Robert Pattinson look huge, but only when he has this giant heavy costume on. Robert has 11 inches in height in comparison to Zoe, but without his bulky costume, he looks like the penguin from the Gotham series. Every time I saw quote-unquote Bruce Wayne on screen, I saw a sullen, moody vampire, not a fit, healthy fighter of crime. Catwoman even pulls Batman up once, and I got visibly angry in the theater because there's no way she could lift Robert Pattinson in a Batman costume with one arm. Not to mention that all, all the lead that Batman catches in this movie. Now, I don't know if you know anything about ballistic armor, but it tends not to last over multiple rounds. Batman should have dodged more. Plus, everything that comes out of a pistol or a rifle doesn't knock Batman down. But shotguns, shotguns always have to blow somebody, eight, somebody eight, three, eight feet away. As you can see, this movie really went off the rails in the third hour. Also, Batman is an adrenaline junkie and could drive for a long time on a motorcycle while looking in the rearview mirror. And that last couple of minutes of motorcycle flirting really pissed me off. Maybe I just really had to pee after three hours. The Batman, five of 13 stars. Taylor Lautner would have made a better Batman. Team Jacob for life. Should have made it Robin. Robert Pattinson, they should have made Robert Pattinson, Robin. Or, or Taylor Lautner? No, he would have made a better Batman. And then you bring in Kristen Stewart. They bring it, Kristen Stewart's Vicky Vale. He's he's bringing the whole Twilight <laughs> cast into. That's why EK doesn't do a show. <laughs> anyway, um, there's one more thing I want to talk about because I, you know, I've been depressed lately. Angry, depressed, angry and depressed. It's all you know. It's kind of vacillating between that's depression for you. And so there's a question that somebody asked me a while ago. Oh. Somebody, a question somebody asked me a while ago that I want to pose to you. Is depression selfish and narcissistic? And that's an interesting question. I think that's an interesting question. So let me let me tell you. Let me sum up what depresses me. All right, I'm depressed because my videos will never go viral. Uh, because of the way YouTube algorithms and stuff, is all stacked against the young, you know, the young, <laughs> these uh, smaller creators, you know, all those people who got in on the ground floor of YouTube, yeah, they can still get their views, they can still get their v- videos suggested, you know, the Tim Pools, the Joe Rogans and stuff like that, you know, uh, but nowadays, you know, smaller creator can't ever go viral, you know, so it's not like I'll, I, so I have to grow organically through people like word of mouth, you know people youtube isn't going to suggest my videos to anybody you know what i need you to do is tell other people is like this is really good you should watch this show that's how i have to grow you know i don't get any advantage from from using these platforms like like they used to do like they used to give uh, people advantages all right that depresses me that depresses me that i feel like the the tech tech companies have stacked it against uh stacked it against me and other smaller creators and so i can't i can't excel at this job, (laughs) I can't excel at this because they aren't doing what they used to do. And when I first started making YouTube videos, it was like, hey, you know, it was a possibility. You know, I made a Nightwing's butt video, got 5K views. I'm happy with that, I'm happy with 5K views. I'm not saying I need a million views. I don't see, I'm I'm not saying I need a million subscribers. I would just like enough so a few, like a certain percentage of them would become patrons and help pay for all this. That's all, just a few but I'm not going to be able to get that. So that depresses me. And that makes me like feel like I have to work extra hard, extra hard at my rants and so forth. All right. That depresses the hell out of me. All right. Also, you know, I'm, I'm 45 years old. I'm going to be 45 years old. All right. Uh, I'm single. Last time I had a relationship was in 2000. That's a year. The year 2000 was my, my last relationship. And I got dumped in that one because I was a selfish asshole in the year 2000 and a few years before that as well. All right. And that was the last relationship I had over 20 years ago, 22 years ago. All right. And I think that I'm going to spend the rest of my life alone. I think it's quite possible that my only real uh, chance of experiencing love died in a car accident in 1995. All right. I think that, you know, I'm never going to have sex again, much less find love in this day and age. Okay. Okay that depresses me to no end now that's just a quick summary sometimes i get depressed about you know some asshole on the road doesn't use the signals but that's minor stuff all right so my point is is that the whole all of this stuff that i'm talking about is all me 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 me. My, my life i'm never gonna get laid again me 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 i'm an incel you know and it, so the answer to is depression selfish and narcissistic it's like, yes Yes, it absolutely is. And I will say this honestly, because when I don't have my medication, this question never pops up into my head. And this question was posed to me during a cognitive behavioral therapy session. All right. Now, I'm not going to say that my medications don't do anything and I don't need them because I think I do need them. All right. To help my depression, because when, when I'm in a depression, even when I'm medicated, like this past week, I just vacillate in between anger and sadness, anger and sadness. All right. But, and then I'll get into this rut of what they call stinking thinking. And so I, I, uh, you know, I need the meds in some way to help me, help my mind come back to the question, is depression narcissistic? And the answer to that is yes. Because it's a soul, it's a soul self-obsession. It's like, oh, woe is me. It's all about me. I get it. And I don't want to be a narcissist. I don't want to be selfish, but I am. I am. We all are we're kind of hardwired that way all right i'm not saying i'm not saying it's a, a good thing or a bad thing but we're hardwired that way and so you need to understand it's like you, when you when you're when you're depressed and you bring that energy with you to other people you're kind of missing out you're kind of missing out into the rewarding uh relationships that you have in the world it's kind of like being shy being shy in many ways is narcissistic you know, I used to say, Oh, I'm shy. I thought it was cool. I thought everyone like, Oh, it's cool to be shy. It's like, no, it's selfish to be shy. You're depriving other people of the joy within your soul of the light within your life. You know, and it's that kind of thing, that kind of thinking, you know, uh, to counter the, the depression, the co- cognitive behavioral therapy that I experienced. It's, it's that kind of thinking that moved me into a place where I need to do a YouTube show where I'm talking about things that piss me off and all that stuff. Because I think I could be good at it. I think I'm entertaining at it. Plus, if I don't do it, I think my head might explode. If I didn't have one chance a week to sh- hit that pressure valve. All right. And granted, every every time I'm sad, every time I'm ranting about how I, how I hate this movie or hate that movie, you know, it's all narcissism. It's all narcissism to me. You know, but I just try to keep make my narcissism entertaining, you know, because that's the only way I can deal with my own narcissism is to make jokes that make me laugh. So is depression selfish and narcissistic? Yes. Yes. Let go of it. Let go of your shyness. You know, let your light shine. You know, that's what that's the whole thing means. You know, with all the let this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. You know, that's the whole point of that is that you. When you're shy, you're like, oh, I don't want people to know me because I I can be weird and, and, and you know, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, be, be somewhat outgoing. You know, yeah, I was shy. Yeah, I wasn't popular in school or anything like that. But, I mean, I kind of, like, uh, got over my fear of public speaking, like, uh, I don't know, my sophomore year of high school. And I was able to project, you know, using my diaphragm to speak. And eventually getting it moving to radio because I knew how to use my voice. <clears throat> then I started smoking and it all went to hell. Okay, do we have that video for Coco's? Okay, we don't. Um, you could try to pull it up. Is that it? All right. Now I want to tell you something about cakes. All right, you got a celebration coming up, or you know, you got you just got dumped, or you know, you just want to make love to a cake. Because you're all sad and stuff. I understand that. I've been there. I've been there. You can go anywhere and get a cake. You can go anywhere and get some cake. And people will be happy. You know, it's your it's your nephew's birthday. You know, you can go get a cake and you'll be happy with a cake. But it's still, it's nothing, it's nothing that's going to, like, jump out at you. But I want to tell you about Coco's Confections. And if you're in the Fredericksburg area, you can reach out to Courtney Fulmer at Coco's Connections. Look for her on Facebook. All right. You can find pictures and stuff like that of her cakes. They're amazing. You'll have a unique, you can get a unique cake. You know, if they're into SpongeBob or they're into Minions or something like that, she'll make a cake out of anything. Well, not out of anything. I'm into anything. All right. And it'll look great. It'll be a unique cake and everyone will be wanting, coming around taking pictures of it. And they might be saying, it was like, this is too beautiful. This cake is too beautiful for us to cut into and eat but don't you dare fall for that. Don't you dare fall for that that trap. You should definitely cut cut up with that cake and eat some of that cake because it's also delicious. All right, it's delicious. I mean, the reason I'm giving her this ad is because I've had so many cupcakes and pieces of cake that she's brought around the studio. And it's like, I cannot keep quiet about this. So search for Coco's Confections. And it's just a little free ad I'm tossing her way because she doesn't, you know, good friend. And I wanna see her succeed just as much as i want to see myself succeed check out Cocos confections search for them on facebook in the fredericksburg area get yourself a custom awesome delicious cake all right let's go ahead and get to the news worth knowing (sighs) wet my whistle all right so this first story former keystone pipeline worker says u.s energy crisis is a result of biden's policies quote we tried to warn you <clears throat> uh, a former Keystone XL pipeline worker said the energy industry tried to warn President Biden against policies hindering U.S. oil and gas production. Policies, the worker said, have caused the country's growing energy crisis. "Quote: We tried to warn this administration back when they canceled the Keystone pipeline, that it was also, that it was also canceling national security, foreign policy, and energy." Neil Crabtree told Fox News. They they all kind of go hand in hand. <laughs> The average price for a gallon of gasoline in the U.S. hit a record high this week as oil earned uh, oil near $130 a barrel. Biden announced Tuesday that he was banning Russian oil and gas imports, which he says targets the main ar- artery of Russia's economy. <laughs> Biden said the decision will further <clears throat> increase already high domestic gas prices and warn fuel companies that this is no time for profiteering or price gouging. He blamed. <laughs> Uh, You first. Uh, He blamed Russian President Vladimir Putin for raising gas prices in the U.S. OK. Quote, since Putin has uh, began his military buildup on Ukrainian borders just since then, the price of gas pumps in America went up 75 cents, he said. And with this action, it's going to go up further. But Crabtree said raising gas, rising gas prices go beyond Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Quote, even if we could fix the Ukrainian problem, the prices are still going up, he said. Biden's policies have everything to do with the rising fuel prices in this country today. It has nothing to do with the war in Ukraine, Crabtree continued. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said that the administration isn't against increasing domestic production and instead blamed oil companies. Quote, federal policies are not limiting the supplies of oil and gas, Psaki said Monday. There are 9,000 approved drilling permits that have not that are not being used. So the suggestion that we're not allowing companies to drill is inaccurate, she continued. I would suggest you ask the oil companies why they're not using those if there's a desire to drill more. In response, Crabtree told Fox News, there's no energy company that's going to spend the money to develop a new lease if they can't build a pipeline to move the product, move the pro- project. <laughs> Biden canceled Keystone XL Pipeline his first day in office. Uh, Biden's administration officials discussed energy security in Venezuela, energy security, in Venezuela, in case you missed it, and the president is considered a trip to Saudi Arabia. Saki also didn't rule out importing Iranian oil. Iranian oil, if a nuclear deal is renewed. Golly. <laughs> Iran and Venezuela, because, you know, they're nicer than Russia, I guess. For er, Right now, in the news, I guess. Uh, Quote, when I'd first seen the reports of the president going to places like Iran and Venezuela to ask for more oil output, I said, this is fake news. He hasn't gone this far off the rocker, Crabtree, told Fox News. (laughs) But I guess that's the path they want to take, he said. Why not invite North Korea, he continued. (laughs) Maybe they got a few barrels of oil that they can spare. (laughs) No, they don't. Crabtree said there will be no end to the rising gas prices as long as Biden is using this as any way but the American way when it comes to the using uh, to fossil fuels. We've got to get the administration foot off the throats of the energy companies and let them do what they do best he added. We're not saying don't build windmills or solar farms. Start building them. Have fun. Crabtree told Fox News. But right now this country runs on oil and gas and it makes no sense for the Americans to suffer higher prices for it. <coughs> So, I mean, that's basically, you know, basically stuff I said earlier, you know, it's, (laughs) and they're going to Venezuela and Iran. Oh man. These people are just, they have no idea what they're doing. Their foreign policy is a shambles. It's awful. Oh my goodness. Let's go to the next story. Uh, Putin's miscalculation. Russia underestimated the Ukrainians resolve and Western backlash experts say. Uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin underestimated the strength of the Ukrainian resistance as well as the harsh backlash backlash from the United States and Western allies when he invaded Ukraine last month, experts tell Fox News. The U.S. continued piling sanctions on Russia on Tuesday, implementing a ban on oil imports from the country in what President Biden called another powerful blow to uh, Putin's war machine. Quote, Putin miscalculated the Ukrainians' willingness to fight, the leadership style, and the willingness to die for the cause of Ukraine President Vladimir Zelensky, Rebecca Kaufler, a Defense uh, Intelligence Agency officer, and author of Putin's playbook, Russia's Secret Plan to Defeat America, she told Fox News Digital. She also said uh, that they miscalculated the backlash of Western audiences, Europeans and Americans, and even a segment of the Russian population who are anti-war. Zelensky, who has already survived three assassination attempts, vowed to stay in the Ukrainian capital of Kiev as Russian forces lay siege to the city, even going as far as to reveal the location in a defiant, defiant revealing his location in a defiant message on Monday. On Bankova Street, Zelensky said Monday, referring to where the presidential offices are located, not hiding, and I'm not afraid of anyone. But wouldn't they already assume you might be there? If it's the presidential offices? You know, if we're look, if if we're sending Russian troops to go find and kill this guy, it's like maybe first place we check is the presidential office. <laughs> I don't know. It's I think it's kind of stupid, Zelensky, to do that. It's like that guy who put his social security number on the truck and drove it across America. Yeah, yeah, LifeLock, <laughs> they will <laughs> they will protect me. <laughs> it's like you're you're just begging for it at that point. You know, it's like it's like uh, if somebody comes out. It's like uh, whenever Tim Pool says, "It's like well, we've upgraded our security system here." And it's like now we're getting hacked like crazy. It's like well, you dared them to. Anyway, unarmed uh, Ukrainian civilians have confronted Russian soldiers, and thousands as thousands of foreigners have traveled to Eastern Europe to help the Ukrainian army defend the country. As the military as the Russian military attempts to take Ukrainian cities, unprecedented sanctions on Russian banks, oligarchs, and industries could challenge Putin domestically. Quote, the sanctions could be uh, could make it very difficult to govern Russia in the sense that people's savings have been wiped out. Factories will start to close and there are fewer high tech imports that are needed for the Russian economy. And obviously, the financial elite has been taken, has taken a real beating. Timothy Fry, the professor of post-Soviet foreign foreign policy at Columbia University, told Fox Digital. Companies, companies started pulling out of Russia almost as soon as Putin invaded, both due to the Western sanctions and their disapproval of the war. Food giants Starbucks, Coca-Cola, and Pepsi joined withdrawal on Tuesday. Quote, at some point, Putin, who has been uh, adverse to any kind of domestic political instability, might fear the reaction from the elite and from the mass public and begin to look, uh, look for a way out of this situation. But we're not there yet, Fry said. It could take a while before we get there. Putin, a former KGB officer known for his ruthless information warfare tactics, also failed to take into account how the war would play out in 2022, how a war would play out in 2022. Uh, He didn't anticipate, Putin didn't anticipate how technology has uh, brought this conflict into the homes of ordinary people all over the world. By virtue of it unfolding on our TVs and on our computer screens, Koffler said. He was counting on the fact that he could keep it hidden, not only from the Russian people, but from the rest of the world as well. Well, That's no longer the case. Uh, Russian authorities have cracked down on dissent over the last two weeks, blocking independent and foreign news outlets while shutting off access to social media platforms like Twitter and Facebook. While Putin still has control over the flow of information at home, it is difficult to get a pulse on the public opinion in Russia, Fry said. The tide could turn. Yes. Quote, the message will, will slowly get through, particularly if the military gets bogged down significantly, Fry said. This is an extraordinary, volatile time, I think, in Russian public opinion towards the war. Yeah, so. Yeah, that's that's still going on. The war in the Ukraine. Still going on and god bless the ukrainians for putting up a fight you know i don't think i think that these companies are asking for trouble you know I, I i think uh there's there's something that i think we're missing you know it's like a twitter twitter banned the sitting president of the united states from their platform uh and then when everyone else and it's just like all these uh like cancel culture all right now i'm not saying that pepsi and coke should be sending pepsi and coke to russia it's like why why deny them pepsi and coke i think you're just asking for trouble i think it makes putin want to look we have no coke we have rc cola that's it you know it's it may i think it might make putin want to nuke Atlanta, where the headquarters of these companies are you know what i'm saying i think you're putting yourself on the map it's like when elon musk sent a whole bunch of those internet things over to ukraine it's like i think you're asking for trouble i think you're begging for uh, for Russia to declare war on you. And that's this whole problem with NATO, like uh, shifting planes and stuff like that into, cause that's what they're doing there. We're shifting the planes. We're not giving the planes to Ukraine. You know, when, when you're doing that, when you're treating uh, Ukraine like a NATO nation, you're going to, uh, you're going to, you're going to be considered an enemy combatant at some point. And that's kind of the problem with all of this. You know, it, if you're going to, if you're going to go to war, go to war. All right. You can't, you can't, you know, fiddle around. It's like, we're not really, we're not really in this war, but go get them, Ukraine. You know, it's here's some stuff. Go get them, Ukraine. You know, I mean, that's how we entered the second world war. You know, we were shipping a bunch of supplies to England and Germany said, no, we don't, we don't like that. It was like, we're not in the war, Germany. We're not in the war, but we're giving a bunch of medical supply and food to, to England. And then the next thing you know, their U-boat starts sinking our our, our uh, cargo ships. All right? So don't, you know, either go to war or don't. I'm not going to tell you what to do. <laughs> anyway, let's go to the next story. <clears throat> All right, the worst Russia-Ukraine media uh, takes make war about race, climate change, and Trump, and more. So I don't know if you've been watching, uh, you know, these... Uh, these liberal, <laughs> these liberal people talking about this war in Ukraine. Oh boy! But let's talk about all of this. The war in Ukraine since uh, Russia pl- President Vladimir Putin's invasion has sparked some controversial analysis in the liberal media. Ukrainians have taken up arms to defend their homeland. Okay, we know all this stuff. All right, let's talk about race-based. The race-based analysis. MSNBC host Joy Reid claimed Monday that the war in Ukraine was getting so much attention due to demographics. All right, <laughs> hey, get this quote the coverage of ukraine has revealed pretty a pretty radical disparity in how human ukrainians human ukrainians look and feel to western media compared to the browner and blacker counterparts with some reporters using the uh, very telling comparison in their analysis of the war reed said on the readout she went on to say, we don't need to ask ourselves if the international response would have been the same if Russia unleashed their horror on a country that wasn't white and largely co- largely Christian because Russia has already done it in Syria. She added, referencing Russia's deployment of soldiers to help quell the rebellion against uh, President Bashar al-Assad in the country's civil war. It, yeah, that's a civil war. That's that's like a what they call proxy war, you know. This isn't, you know, this is actual war between Western nations, you know, like world powers. There's a big difference. Anyway, let's go. To the voter suppression claims. Several media pundits tried to tie the conflict in Ukraine to domestic matters. A few took swipes at President Biden, for instance, for failing to uh, make a connection between the fight for freedom in Ukraine to voting rights efforts in the U.S. during a State of the Union address. Meet the press to host uh, Chuck Todd and his guest, author in Princeton University. uh Princeton University Professor Eddie S. Gloud Jr. agreed that Biden missed an opportunity to mention the anniversary anniversary of Bloody Sunday in his remarks on Ukraine. Bloody Sunday occurred on March 7, 1965, when unarmed civil rights uh, unarmed civil rights pro- protesters were met with violent resistance from local law enforcement during the march of Selma to Montgomery, Alabama, for voting rights. Todd said he was surprised by Biden's apparent whiff, while Gloud said Glaude said he was stunned. If there's quote, if there's one thing that surprised me about the president's State of the Union, it was the lack of connecting the fight for democracy and freedom abroad with the fight for democracy and freedom at home. Today's bloody Sunday, Todd said. Jeez, Louise. These these liberals, they can't stop talking about all that civil rights stuff as if it's still going on. They will not shut up about it. I think I, what did I see recently? Pete Buttigieg on that on that bridge. Giving giving a speech about, hey, remember remember with Civil Rights Movement? Yeah, we're we're the Democrats, and we're all in on the Civil Rights Movement. Remember how cool we were back then? Yeah, back then the Democrats were okay. You're still kind of racist because you're still obsessed with it. You're still obsessed with this. Anyway, I was stunned, Glaude said. I mean, it was kind of an easy rhetorical move. Let's defend democracy abroad and secure democracy at home. Uh, MSNBC's Tiffany Cross made the same connection, saying in a recent episode of The Cross Connection that she observes the chaos in Ukraine, she realizes democracy can be a fragile thing, and it feels a bit fragile in America right now. She then accused the Republican Party of engaging in rampant voter suppression. All right. Yeah, your imagination is not a real thing. Okay. All right, climate concerns. In a discussion about the pro- uh, possibility of U.S. banning Russian oil on su- Sundays this week, ABC's George Stephanopoulos called climate change an existential crisis. Defending comments made by former Secretary of State John Kerry that the war could have a profound negative impact, impact on the climate. <laughs> <laughs> Biden announced a ban on US imports on of Russian oil on Tuesday. You know what I, I will say this to John Kerry. You know I I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that the Russia developing a uh, a 100% green tank is very very important to Vladimir Putin. <laughs> okay, so late-night host Stephen Colbert irked viewers by appearing to downplay the impact rising the impact rising gas prices have had on Americans. I don't know if you heard about this this soundbite, but this is insane. Quote, today the average gas price in America hit an all-time record of over $4 per gallon. Okay, that stings, but a clean conscience is worth a buck or two. It's important. It's important. I'm willing to pay $4 a gallon. Hell, I'll pay $15 a gallon because I drive a Tesla colbert said that's how out of touch people like him are you know that's how out of touch he is It's like yeah you have the money to spend a few extra dollars you stephen colbert and you're a millionaire ass you know and then you hear like joy behar sitting there like on this on the view it's like oh I'm, i won't be able to go to rome <laughs> i won't be able to go to rome because i don't know how, how travel is going to be affected when a." With this war and stuff like that. You know, you you, you pampered assholes anyway. And you know, they go on, they you know, blame Trump and all this other stuff. And you know, it's just it's the narrative, you know. It's the narrative. It's the way the narrative's always been. And uh anyway, let's go on to the next story. Uh, former NATO ambassador on the Killmead show, captured Russian soldiers revealing catastrophe for Putin. Former U.S. Ambassador to NATO, Kurt Volkner, said on Tuesday that Russian leaders did not tell soldiers the truth about their invasion into Ukraine. Quote, one of the most telling things is that the Ukrainians discovered that what the Ukrainians discovered when they captured some of the Russian soldiers. They interviewed them and the soldiers did not know that they were in Ukraine and on a mission to attack Ukraine. They thought they were on a training exercise, Volker told the Brian Kilmeade show. What that tells you is the Russian leadership didn't want to tell them to tr- the truth because they knew they wouldn't want to do it. <laughs> Infuriated Russian mothers accused F- President Vladimir Putin of using their sons as, quote, cannon fodder for his invasion of Ukraine, according to recent video during which many of Russian mothers shouted down a regional governor. This vid- uh, The video surfaced on Monday, the same day when Russian police det- uh, detained approximately 4,500 anti-war protesters, according to The Telegraph. <laughs> Quote, we were all deceived, all deceived. They were sent there as cannon fodder. One woman screamed at Sergei. Sl- <laughs> Some guy named Sergei, <laughs> governor of the Kuzbos region in Siberia. They were young and they were unprepared. I wonder what the tiles look like in a Scrabble game in Russia. <laughs> Just now thinking about that. Anyway, uh, Siliev, I think, T S I. Sillov, I don't know, reportedly he faced the mother in a gym, a school gym while the incensed women berated him and accused Putin's government of lies. As the telegraph notes, it remains unclear whether the shouting women's sons had been killed in Ukraine. Sillyov attempted uh, to present Peyton, uh, Putin's invasion as a special operation and not a war, but was met with ex exec, execration, I'm not familiar. Uh, Russian soldiers who were interrogated after being captured reportedly under the impression that they were undergoing a military exercise before they learned they were per- per- participating in a full-scale invasion. Volker, who served, as, who served as special representative for the Ukraine negotiations during the Trump administration, said the moment Russian soldiers learned what they were doing, they they started to buck orders. <clears throat> you, started, you were seeing these desertions. You're seeing a refusal to follow orders, he explained. Adding troops were running out of fu- food and fuel. Uh, they are leaving their vehicles on the road. This is a catastrophe for the Russians, and it's Putin's catastrophe. And you have to believe that the generals and the leadership in Russia know this. It's hard. They're probably the first ones who left. It's hard for them to do something about it now. But the worse it gets, the more they're going to uh, be looking at Vladimir Putin's leadership. Yeah. See, this is what 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 the truth is about modern militaries is that they generally, they don't uh, blindly follow orders, you know. This this idea that you know people, when you join the military, you are you have to blindly follow orders or you're going to be shot. I mean that may be true in countries like Russia, uh, but it's it's not so much true in the United States. Um, you can choose not to obey an order, and whether it's a lawful order or not, you know that c- it, it could come up in court because you're probably going to go to court if you refuse to go, to do an order. You know, and it's, and you know if you if you. If these soldiers realize that they were intentionally kept in the dark for the sake of this invasion, you know, I can I can understand how I could rub them the wrong way, you know, because just like U.S. military, Russia says, like, get a good career, join the army, get a good career, you know, <laughs> and the, that career is like killing other Russian-like people. Ugh, that depressed me just to say it. All right, let's get into these two happier news stories before we uh, get out of here for the week. So Ukrainian delivers food and medicine in Kyiv. Says the city is not afraid and is ready to fight. When missiles first hit Ukraine, many Kyiv residents, like many Kyiv residents, I'm going to try. I'm going to try to say these Russian names. Oleksandr Prokorenko. Sorry. Uh, His first reaction was to run and hide. But something stopped him. I thought to myself. Who am I if I'm going to lead these pe- people, Korhanko told Fox News while walking through the center of Kyiv. You cannot imagine how many people are in need. I bet, he said. I bet. That's why he decided to stay in the country's capital, where he was born and raised. Prokorhenko, who owns several Kiev restaurants, has spent the last several days delivering food and medicine to sheltering Ukrainians, including cancer patients and the elderly. You can run, but you will never escape yourself. Oh, that's profound, dude. You can run, but you can't hide, bitch. Anyway, I don't know why that popped in my head. Too much, too much Rick and Morty, I guess. (laughs) You can run, but you will never escape yourself, he said. Uh, Russia invaded Ukraine nearly two weeks ago. Prokhorhenko said he's been inspired by the Ukrainian president Volodymyr Zelensky's leadership. Zelensky uh, has also vowed to stay in Kyiv. Zelensky filmed a video on Monday from his Kiev office saying, I'm not hiding. I'm not afraid of anyone. In a speech on Tuesday, Zelensky said, we'll fight to the end at sea and in the air. We'll continue fighting on a land, whatever the cost, whatever the cost may be. He's he's trying to do a Winston Churchill, isn't he? We'll fight them on the beaches. (laughs) Um, It's a serious situation. We shouldn't be laughing at it. Okay. Uh, Quote, today I only had six volunteers and we delivered 25 portions of packed food to old people who are alone, the restaurateur said. He said he delivered medicine to women and children, people ill with cancer. Prokorenko told Fox News the eyes of those receiving his help saying thank you were indescribable. Prokorenko uses Instagram to help connect people with different items they need. Soon, uh, Soon, many people started reaching out to him asking for other tasks. Can you do this or can you do this? He quoted, <laughs> uh, as as long as I'm here, I I will never stand and watch. I will help," he said. Prokhorenko couldn't find the words to describe how people living in Kiev felt. Th- its pain, anger, fear, courage. There should be a word for this feeling. <laughs> it's even in Russian. Huh? Uh, I wouldn't wish for anyone to feel what we feel now," he continued. Uh, While Kiev remains under Ukrainian control, its suburbs have increasingly seen indiscriminate Russian attacks. Uh, the whole. The whole city is prepared to give a fight, Prokorenko told Fox News while walking through the deserted streets. I don't want to do this, but if someone threatens my independence, my people, then yes, I'm ready to take a gun to protect, he told Fox News. Not to kill, but to protect. This is the difference between us. Russia is trying to invade. They're killing our women, they're killing our children, killing silva- civilians, destroying everything we built, he said. He called on Russians to take greater, van- advan- uh, greater action to stop Putin. Some of his friends from Moscow have asked him, what should we do? His response, what you sh- What should you do? Go on the streets. Our people are stopping tanks with their bodies because they're not afraid. <sighs> Russian people are afraid to be beaten. We are not afraid. We are not afraid, he told Fox News. We're ready to fight. I'll have to fight. I'll fight. Translator didn't sound very good. <laughs> just I kept saying it. It's like there's no nuance to it. You know, it just keeps repeating. <laughs> anyway. Let's get into this last story. Just something to cheer us up before the nukes start falling. Let's drop the big one. See what happens. Dog stranded on a floating chunk of ice rescued in Michigan. All right. I'll be honest with you. It's the picture of this dog that really got me. Maybe me want to use the story. So this dog definitely needs a warm bath. Rescue workers in Michigan were able to pull a dog to safety after it became trapped on the Detroit River. The pet had gotten loose from its owner during a walk and ended up becoming stuck on a chunk of ice drifting in the river. On the river. The the Wyandotte Police Department posted uh, about this rescue on its Facebook page, where it credited animal control and local firefighters for helping with the rescue. Footage of the rescue shows a worker standing on a ladder partially submerged in the freezing water. He slowly uses a long tool called a catch pole to grab the freezing animal before pulling it to safety. As soon as the dog was within arm's reach, the workers on dry land immediately pulled it out of the, out of the water. The post states, uh, Wyandotte Police Department officers, animal control, and firefighters teamed up with a pretty sweet rescue Monday afternoon. A Labradoodle had gotten away from its owner while on a walk and ended up jumping onto the freezing cold Detroit River. Cat dogs are dumb. The post continues, the poor pooch somehow managed to climb onto a chunk of ice, but it was drifting away in the river while the dog was freezing. Our team was able to move the ice close to the riverbank, and our fire department snagged the dog around its neck with a catch pole. The rescuer did this while standing on a slippery ladder that was submerged in a river while the co-workers helped him out via a rope. Truly an amazing and awesome rescue. And it's this picture of this dog. He's just laying down with his, with his chin on his paws, you know. He's like, he's, like, he's gave, giving up. It's like, well, I'm not getting off this thing <laughs> by myself. So he just might as well lay down get get a nap. You know, and it's like, you know, I think animals are stupid. They're really, really dumb. Especially dogs are really, really dumb. And, uh, but, you know, I don't want them to suffer, you know, and I'm all about helping out somebody or some creature. You know, it's just, it's human nature in many ways. It's like, it's human nature to bring people food and medicine, you know, during, during a war. You know, that's, that's in all of our souls. You know, I I, don't forget that. because like every single one of those Russian soldiers you know it's it's in all of our souls even russian putin's heart has a good side to it all right even donald trump's heart has a good side to it even joe biden's heart has a good side to it you know i think it was nietzsche that said the line the line of good and evil goes directly through the center of every human heart or something like that and that's true we all we all have the capacity for both good and evil and so we we have to choose to do good and that's, that's kind of my point, generally, you know, with in-between rants about how I hated the Batman movie. Anyway, we're coming to the end of the show now. I want to remind you, go over to patreon.com slash radio. Half a gallon of gas. That's all it costs. Half a gallon of gas. And you can become a patron here at Shock Monkey Radio. Patreon.com slash radio. You could also send me uh, money through Cash App. Use the cash tag Radio. <clears throat> I would appreciate that. Check go, ahead, go check out Coco's Confections on Facebook. I, mean, she, I know she's got a bunch of pictures of her, of her cakes on there. I mean, you'll be astounded just looking at them, you know, your mouth of water, and you'll be like, mm, I got to make an order right now. I got to move to Fredericksburg right now so I can make an order. And get me one of these cakes. So, yeah, this has been the end of the show. Um, yeah, uh, this has been Shock Monkey Radio. I'm your host, the Madman, and I love you.